0: I would rather experience negative responses from people than apathy and indifference. I would rather I would rather encounter hostility than apathy. If someone is enraged by the gospel, that just inspires me more to, to proclaim good news to them, to proclaim grace to, to call them to repent and believe the gospel. And um it, it demonstrates that the preaching is having an immediate effect upon them. It, it demonstrates their conscience is pricked. It, it demonstrates that they're hearing me.
1: Hey, well, welcome to the Office Theology Podcast with Austin from The Holy Nope, where we're gonna talk about the hot take of street preaching. And so if you do not know who Austin is, he runs the account The Holy Nope on Instagram and other platforms as well, I'm sure. Uh, but it's wild. I find it highly entertaining. I find it highly educational. It's everything in between. Um, yeah, so how about you tell us a little more about who you are and how you got started with all of this
0: yeah uh, i'm I'm austin Keeler um I uh, live in uh, here in Kentucky, helping pastor uh, a church here uh in Kentucky, and I do run the Holy nope account um and I got started. Uh, doing that thing because I had I had I wanted I was making other content and it really started with me needing a filler style video for when I didn't have anything uh, else to post you know something fast something funny and something that was relatively easy to do and so I came up with the holy nope and um, people people loved it I realized that people mm-hmm. loved the holy nope and it started blowing. So eventually, uh, I made you know the Holy Nope uh, channel, uh, and uh, it has turned into something um, much more than I ever expected it to. And uh, I was recently at a conference in Atlanta, uh, and was able to meet a whole bunch of people who who follow the Holy Nope on on its different platforms, and uh, especially um, those who have come out. Of the spiritually abusive environments that I highlight in my content, who appreciate the content, who've been helped by the content, we're using the content to um, uh, uh, minister to people they know who are still trapped in some of these uh, environments, and so that really impacted me and made me realize on a you know a new level that you know, the Lord's blessing this and and using it for his glory, uh, for which I am super grateful.
1: So, yeah, that's wild. I think it's funny that you said uh, you started this account and it turned into something that you never thought it was going to turn into, Uh, because that's kind of my story as well. Like, I really like The Office. I like the Bible. Looked on Instagram. Nobody was making a, a Bible and Office collab. So I'm like, why not, you know? that's (laughs) that's,
0: void you <laughs> that's had right, that's right. Like, this burden
1: that I'm carrying is just so great <laughs> to advance the gospel forward but um,
0: well I wanted to ask you brother Um, how do you obviously mm-hmm. you're an office fan how you're still putting out you know your memes your videos which I find incredibly entertaining I don't think I ever watch one uh, and don't smile are, are you perpetually w- watching through the office like with your, with your wife? Is that like, well, your- the funny thing David is
1: I feel like I've are- watched it so many times in my life. Um, I, I have a, like a catalog in my brain of where it's at. And so it's like, I'll read a Bible story or someone will send in a scene. I'm like, yeah, just give me a second, you know? Um, but I definitely do watch, enjoy watching it. We still watch it <laughs> weekly at our house. Um, but it's not like I need to like I need to watch for content. I've been watching it for over a decade. The, the content uh, is already here. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Awesome. I think I think my wife and I have watched it through I think three times yeah. since we've been married. I think about every couple of years yeah. we just binge That's right. through the entire here's course.
1: here's the real question people want to know. Do you go past when Michael leaves or do you stop?
0: I, we go all the way. We mm. go all the way. That's what I'm talking stop. about. Yeah, it's, it's, it's
1: <laughs> yeah. Dude, there's there's gold after Michael yeah. leaves. You just have to deal with the tears from when he does leave and then move on. But
0: Yeah. And the tears the, the tears are special. We could do a whole another we could do a whole another episode about
1: how, Oh my gosh. Yeah, on. and how how beautiful of a show it actually is. Um yeah. Cool. So, so that's good. <laughs> that's cool. Um so we're going to jump into this topic of of street preaching. Um if you haven't seen um, head over to austin's instagram at the underscore holy underscore nope um, and check out some of his videos as well as there's there's videos on there of you street preaching as well um, and we went through this a little bit a while little while ago on my page um the hot takes that we do uh you probably know austin but i'll I'll just explain it to people listening if they don't know. So being a pastor for the last 13 plus years, um, I like the office, I like memes and I'll continue to do that, but I'm far more interested in wondering why people believe what they do. Um, and there's something that I've learned by having mm-hmm. a captive audience, which maybe you've learned this as well, is I realized a lot of people believe things because they've been told to, they've never really um, done the work themselves to understand why they believe what they do, and so hot takes that I started came from that curiosity. I wonder if people actually know why they believe what believe what they do. Um, and if I'm honest, what I found out is right. a lot of people don't know. You know, I don't know if you found that to be true on your page.
0: No, I I, I absolutely have found that to be true, and something that I in you know, sometimes I intentionally uh, stir the pot in uh, on topics that are seem to be just generally accepted by, you know, the wide range of, of modern American yeah. Christianity um, that I don't think people have uh, have thought through, through and um, theological topics that really have become mm. cliches that people have just accepted as true one of the recent ones that I, um, that I addressed was, and it was by, you know, a heretical teacher. Um, but what he was saying was still accepted, um, by people who, you know, I wouldn't consider heretics, Mm -hmm. but it's just one of those things that you hear, you accept, and you believe without much critical Mm -hmm. thought following. And that is that we don't go to hell for sin. We go to hell for unbelief, um, from Mike Todd, as if unbelief isn't a sin, as if, and there there are there are second tier implications following that regarding your understanding of soteriology. Um, but things like that, um, that, uh, yeah, I I get mm. pushback on those things that, that I address yeah. regularly.
1: Yeah. And the- sometimes it's uh, it's it's hard. I don't know if you've experienced this because you said you help pastor a church as well, right? Um, yes, sir. Sometimes I feel like I was telling my wife this the other day. I get sometimes overwhelmed by the, uh, the, the lack of understanding sometimes that I'm confronted with on Instagram. That I that I feel like that's the most pressing battle for me at the moment, and to really train my heart, mm. like no, there's hundreds of people right in my circle and in my flock that I am called to shepherd and and called to help grow um so i find that sometimes a, a difficult thing for me to manage as well um but like i was saying with this whole thing of the hot t- hot takes is um i wanted to challenge people kind of in the same way that you do uh, i'll make a meme about something and people will just lose it absolutely lose it um i made one like a, just a calvinist joke and even though it was purely just like meme and and it's still cruising like people are still arguing 700 comments later and then, then i look at that i'm like there's there's probably bigger fish to fry than arguing with people on instagram but i don't know anyway so i started go ahead sorry
0: yeah no yeah i i definitely uh relate to the tension that you're feeling with that um i think it's you know as the people who 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 provide that kind of content who put that kind of content out there um it's it can, it's definitely tempting to be sucked into that. Um, and, and I, I feel mm-hmm. the tension within myself, you know, like it, it, I don't want to, I don't, my life isn't Instagram yeah. comments. Like, like you said, there's a, there's a, there's a real, you know, there's actual people, there's a flock to help shepherd. Uh, there's people, uh, to proclaim the gospel to, you know, we have, we have wives, we have kids, um, and, uh, I think I've even I've even exhorted, <laughs> exhorted my audience in a recent video, um, that you know you your your, um, your interactions in the comment sections of my videos ought to exemplify Christian virtue, and and it needs to be said over and over again, um, that uh, you know um, we need to act like Christians in the comment sections, and we think that. We have this excuse or liberty to deride uh, each other, to insult each other, uh, to be proud and arrogant, to bite and devour one another. And uh, the, the reality is that we, we need frequently to be reminded that uh, we're going to give an account for every yeah. word. Oh, absolutely. It <laughs> uh, words we type in comment sections. And so it's, it's, it's healthy, I think, to engage in... Profitable discussion in comment section mm. on social media. You know, social media can be extremely yeah. uh, helpful. You know, the platform that it provides for these conversations to take place, but it can also be extremely detrimental. And uh, anyone who, you know, if, if someone was spending hours a day in my comment section arguing with people, I would tell them, stop watching, stop get get out of here, yeah. stop watching my videos, go go, go and mm-hmm. um, do something else. Don't mm-hmm. don't spend all your time. Yeah.
1: There. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's good to have those conversations and start and to challenge uh, people's thoughts and ideas because I honestly think that's where we grow the most is when what we say we believe is challenged the most. And so it really causes people to dig. And I think what can happen is people, um, you hit, you strike a chord that's a little too close to home and then you see the defensiveness rise up and that's where you see kind of the arguments. But I digress. Um, but that's the purpose of these these conversations is to help people expand uh what they know and to challenge what they know and hopefully come out the other side better um
0: so let's talk about street preaching
1: uh how often do you street preach uh
0: personally uh a few to several times a week right now is when i go into uh, a, a public area and proclaim the gospel uh i currently live in what i consider to i'm from atlanta originally and now i'm in kentucky mm-hmm. uh you know about 30 minutes outside louisville so i i consider it to be a small town um and so there mm-hmm. it's not like it's not like atlanta where you could go to any corner and have an audience of uh, hundreds passing by you or, or or whatever so we have a a couple of spots a few spots here in my town uh which i frequent uh including um our local Kroger and um, gas stations, and yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Um, how did you get into it? Like, when was the first time? Like, how did you even decide? I, I feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um. Well, part of, part of what you're doing that's not all you do, right?
0: Yeah. After I was after I was uh, saved, I just had a burden to preach and to study the Word. And so I spent a lot of time in prayer, asking the Lord to let me preach, and he has been faithful to answer that prayer. The first time that I open-air preached um, was on a beach, actually, in North Carolina, and I was with uh, my side of the family for a family reunion, the Outer Banks, and uh, I was up in prayer the night before, you know, and, and I hadn't. I hadn't preached in the open air before, but I knew that I wanted to. And I had been on YouTube seeing other men preach in the open air. And most of the men that I saw preaching, you know, at college campuses and festivals and other uh, venues, I saw bad examples of it. I saw men, hmm. you know, who were Pelagian in their theology, uh, who, you know, had the signs. That just listed, you know, everyone who's not going to heaven, you know, whose gospel was stop sinning, turn or burn, right? Which Mm. is no gospel at all, really. Um, You know, just law and condemnation. Um, Now, a lot of people see that and decide, well, street preaching isn't a good thing. (laughs) Um, You know, by God's grace, I saw that and thought, you know, by the grace of God, I want to preach the gospel. (laughs) I want to preach... Uh, the law and the gospel. I want to present the news to sinners. Mm-hmm. And so, in the other Banks, uh, North Carolina, I, I was up the night before praying, and then uh, the next day on the beach, I saw a crowd of young adults um, who were a people who I used to be before the Lord saved me. You know, uh,
1: how old were you when you got saved?
0: Twenty. Twenty. So oh. this was. I was twenty-one now. I think. And, uh, so, so, you know, I lived a pretty debaucherous life before I was saved. And so I saw this group of people on the beach, uh, you know, doing what they were doing. And, and that was who I used to be, you know, just in, indulging the flesh. And so the Lord burdened me to, uh, preach to them. And so I, uh, I didn't, uh, just run up, uh, without any hesitation and proclaim the gospel um, <laughs> uh, without any fear, actually, I sat down and, and wrestled with whether or not I'm actually going to do this for like half an hour. But eventually I worked yeah. up the nerve and, uh, proclaimed, um, proclaimed the scriptures, uh, to this group of, of people right there on the beach. And they threw things at me and, uh, pushed me and, and all kinds of things. But, um, there were also several in this crowd of of people and then others around who were listening, um, who were, were clearly, um, engaging with what I was saying. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, that was, that was the first time. And, um, was that the wisest approach that's debatable. Um, but, but afterwards I, I, I knew that I wanted to do that again.
1: Yeah, and how old are you now? Thirty. Nice. Okay, so it was almost a full decade ago that you started this. Yeah, um, I love, I love your heart. I I feel like I can I can hear it and it and even see it. Um, just the desire for um, desire when you saw those group of people, and it's not just. Hey, look at you doing wrong things. You identified that used to be me, Yeah, you know, and I, and I, and I love that because I think, um, a lot of the times you even referenced it a little bit earlier, you've seen a lot of street preaching done wrong. You go to even around where I live in the uh, Pacific Northwest. Um, you see people just trying to, uh, scare tactic people into faith and, Um. I love that. I don't mean. Granted, I don't know their heart or why they why they took the approach that they did, but it's awesome to hear where you started from. Was I see you? I used to be you. and know how empty and void and and how how uh, how misleading that lifestyle actually is. And you have the answer to what is a fulfilling lifestyle that they're trying to achieve by that lifestyle. You know, um, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but like listening to you tell the story and kind of watching you tell the story. I'm like, it wasn't just a, I'm mad at the world and I want to tell them it's, Oh, I've experienced grace. So can you, and you can, I've experienced freedom and so can you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and because of the stigma that is often, you know, associated with street preaching, um, something that I and the other men that I know in the street preacher, street preacher circle that I run in, <laughs> um, we, we, we strive to make it clear uh, to the people to whom we're proclaiming the gospel that we're, we're not up here because we hate you. You know, We're not standing on this box or yeah. this ladder. We're not on this speaker because uh, we think we're better than you. Uh, we are recipients of yeah. grace. You know, we are beggars telling other beggars where to find bread. And Jesus is the bread mm-hmm. of life, and you, and you need him. Um, so I, I think that's very important.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that's, and man, it's hard because I don't know if I've ever seen a good example um, in the, I got saved shortly after high school. So I lived a full high schooler lifestyle of just whatever I wanted to do. Um, And a lot of the same passion that you have for people is why I went into vocational ministry is like, I see myself in all that you're doing and I found how empty and how dry that well really is. Um, and so, thinking about that, uh, what are what are some stories that you have from doing this? You know, good, bad, ugly, whatever whatever ones that stick out to you. Tell us some of your experiences.
0: Well, um, there, there. You know, if you if you engage in this activity regularly, you're going to have a lot of stories to tell. Uh, and and so, I you know. The good I've seen, I've seen. You know, it, it's it's always encouraging to see people respond positively to the gospel. You know, and, and that happens regularly. I, I've seen people literally drop to their knees in in response to gospel preaching. Um, I, I mm-hmm. we returned when I was in Georgia. We uh, returned regularly to a specific uh, college campus. And, uh, I remember, uh, one young man who we saw, he wasn't a believer. We proclaimed the gospel to him for a couple of weeks. Next time we saw him, he was like, yeah, I, I believe now I've been baptized and I'm becoming a member in a, in a local church, you know? Um, oh, and, wow. uh, so that, that, you know, things like that are always, of course, encouraging. Mm-hmm. um, just, uh, a couple of weeks ago, preaching in, uh, our own community, um, I uh, met a met a man who's who's broken, convicted of sin, who came up uh, for prayer and conversations, spoke with him. He came to our church, um, and uh is incredibly encouraged by the uh fellowship he experienced. So um there are many, many um good things the Lord does from the public proclamation yeah. of the gospel. Um so lots of good things. There's there's Yeah, and even no, no, you, Sorry, you go, ahead, go
1: ahead. ahead. Well, I was saying like uh and that's just the the fruit that you see. You know, scripture tells us some plant some water, others reap, you know. And so you're not even seeing the fruit of um what those moments have done uh to certain individuals. Yeah. Um so I think it's cool that you get to see some, but I would I'd probably argue that there's a lot more that you don't see than you do get yeah, to I'd
0: see. Yeah, I'd say, you know, the vast majority uh of of the fruit from from uh the efforts of public evangelism aren't going to be seen by the evangelist. Um they'll they'll be yeah. discovered in eternity. Um but mm-hmm. I think there are uh ripple effects from the proclamation of the gospel that the the open air preacher will never never be aware of uh, in this life. Uh, but I also know, because of the promises of God's word, you know that His word will never return void. Um, that the open air preacher can never go and herald the gospel and then go home that day and say no good was not was done today, just because he didn't see any fruit. Yeah. You know, we have, good yeah. was done yeah. today, and, and the effects of uh, open air preaching of preaching God's word uh, in public are more than countable conversions. Mm-hmm. So, so we, we proclaim yeah. the gospel to glorify God. We proclaim the gospel to call his people. We proclaim the gospel, and, and one of the effects of it that people don't often think about is hardening uh, the reprobate, hardening the hearts of those who are hardening their hearts against, against the Lord God. And, and, and it's not an effect that we desire but it is a true effect yeah. of the proclamation of the gospel. People are going to hear it, and they're mm-hmm. going to harden their hearts against it. But it's still all for God's glory. Uh, we proclaim the mm-hmm. gospel to expose evil in society, uh, especially, you know, proclaiming the law of God exposes evil in society. And so when we preach, it's it's mm-hmm. our responsibility to, to speak against the social evils of our day. And um, that actually in time, I believe will restrain evil in society. Oh man, I just read a, a fantastic quote about, uh, about a comparison between, uh, you know, if there were, if there were street preachers on every corner, um, the police would be a lot less busy or something, some, something like that it was, it was Ooh. but it was, it, it was, yeah. it was juicy. I wish I had it for you, but, uh, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, pre- preaching the gospel increases the fear of God in the land. So, the effects. Yeah.
1: And so, is this something that you do? I'm gonna I'm jumping a little bit, but is this something you do like with your church regularly? Is it like, who do you do this with?
0: So I do um, this by myself sometimes. I do it with other brothers who have also been called to open air preaching and then I will engage in this activity with the with our local church, with members from our local church. So we teach um, corporate evangelism. Um, that is uh, the public proclamation of the gospel by the local church as a whole. So we do not believe that only those who are Uh, called or or gifted to um, speak Uh, the gospel, should be going out, but that there is a role for the whole body of Christ to play in the public proclamation of the gospel. So um, something that we do uh, is every Friday we go to our local Kroger. And um, we've, we've got a really good situation because adjacent to our and there's really no better place in, in our community to preach to. So we've got the, the entire Kroger parking lot. And then adjacent to that is an elevated sidewalk about five feet off the ground. We put our speakers up and we've got mm-hmm. the entire Kroger parking lot. And then we've got a Rural King parking lot behind uh, behind that. And we've got the Kroger gas station and we've got the reserved parking. And so we've got a big audience Um, And so we go there every Friday, but there's not only open-air preaching, we also have uh, signage. We have um, prayer station signs. We have signs set up in an A-frame that say, you know, can can we pray for you? Um, And so people are able to, on this side road that we're set up on, where this elevated sidewalk is, to pull over and, and ask questions or ask for prayer, and then we have Corners on the exits of the parking lot that we set up to pass out tracts and so what's happening is that there's not only open-air preaching going on um, but there is tr- distribution mm-hmm. there is a prayer station there is conversion uh, conversation uh, uh happening and there we have other signs that others can hold um which we mm-hmm. include as the public proclamation of the gospel and those signs don't yeah. you know they don't have insults on them they're just scripture we just have bible verses on signs you know christ jesus came into the world mm-hmm. to save sinners it's on a four foot tall sign and so anyone can hold a sign you know you don't you don't yeah. have to you know Absolutely. fearless bold um uh mm-hmm. you know um warrior for, for, for christ um you know, uh, yeah. anyone can engage in this and so we, we encourage the local church to engage in the public proclamation of the gospel together on a regular basis and believe that it should be incorporated into the rhythm of life of the local church um, and that it's as important as the prayer meeting
1: yeah well, wow, that's cool so it's not just like a go set up shop and then just leave it's a full way to get multiple people involved to have people a chance to respond and get prayer and like yeah i love it so it's not just like a Let me just tell you something. It's like an invitation in like hear what I'm saying. Then come talk with us. Come pray with us. Like, uh, yeah, Yeah, I love that. That's cool. Yeah. What are some uh, other stories that have have stuck out to you over the years? Well, I gave you
0: some good stories. Let me give you some, uh, a bad one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I mean, (laughs) everybody's like, oh, that's everybody's like, oh, those good stories. Good. Tell me a bad one. though.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know if you call it bad. It's just um, so. Or intense. Yeah, Maybe. We uh, so we're outside of Louisville and there was this this advertisement for a, a pride festival at a, a walking okay. bridge in, in Louisville at the bridge that connects, you know, the two sides of the river here. And um, and so we're like, OK, we'll go and preach at this pride festival. And so, um, we, you know, this wasn't our our finest moment, um, but we, so we showed up and there's no festival going on, but there is like a massive crowd of like teenagers. Um, and so we were with a group and we split up and half of us went up to the bridge and the other half stayed down at the bottom. We were both just, you know, just preaching the gospel. Um, and then, uh, we're, we're, so I'm up on the bridge with a couple of other brothers, handing out tracts and preaching and stuff and we get a text message from a guy down on the ground and it says help
1: <laughs> that's all it says so we pack
0: our stuff, and uh, we we rush down there and there is about a crowd of a hundred teenagers have surrounded these few brothers and uh, oh no and uh one of them comes up to me and he says I never thought I was gonna die before <laughs> But uh, apparently had come up and, and kicked one of the signs. And uh, these uh, teenagers, uh, we stayed there and preached because we all got together and, and they were there. They were an audience. They were hostile. Um, and because we thought it was a pride festival, that there was like a legit thing going on, we assumed that there would be police presence. There wasn't any. Oh. A, a crowd of unmonitored teenagers that we, we are preaching to. And uh, long story short, body cameras got ripped off and thrown. Glasses got, you know, swiped off of faces and broken. Signs got broken. Um, uh, One of my brothers almost got pepper sprayed uh, by one of the the girls. But I I pulled up my phone and started recording. She saw me recording. So I saved my brother from from being pepper sprayed. Though if he was going to get pepper sprayed, I definitely wanted that on camera would have
1: been hilarious uh yeah absolutely
0: so so wow. um maybe maybe that wasn't the wisest of of us but you know um you know you 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 go out and, you, and not everything is going <laughs> to work out perfectly uh every, every,
1: no not at all
0: called to, to be wise and um yeah so so that was uh that was an interesting evening
1: yeah yeah and kind of based off of what we said earlier you know that the word of God never returns void number one and number two a bonus is you got a story out of it hey yeah right so best best case scenario the word doesn't come back void worst case scenario you got a story out right. of it of of an experience that's that's wild um so how do you uh, how do you cope with negative responses that people have? Maybe cope's the wrong word, but how do you deal with that?
0: Um like like uh, in person when we're preaching?
1: Yeah, we'll do in person since we're kind of on street preaching.
0: Yeah. Um I would rather experience negative responses from people than apathy and indifference. I would rather I would rather encounter hostility than apathy. If someone is enraged mm-hmm. by the gospel, that just inspires me more to, to proclaim good news to them, to proclaim grace, to, to call them to repent and believe the gospel. And um, it, it demonstrates that the preaching is having an immediate effect upon them. It it demonstrates their mm-hmm. conscience is pricked. It it demonstrates that they're hearing me. And and they don't mm. like what I'm saying, but the word of God is having an effect on them. It's convicting them. And because, yeah. you know, they're unregenerate and they hate God, they're, they're responding in a hostile way. Um, but I would rather, I would take that any day um, as opposed to just mm. uh, indifference and apathy. So so I, I yeah. I'm not discouraged by negative responses at all.
1: Well, that's that's great news, because I think maybe a lot of people would think that it'd be hard to hear those negative things. But I love that you kind of flip that on the head. You're like, no, the apathetic is actually more disheartening than the someone who actually has a response to the gospel being proclaimed. Yeah, Mm, that's cool. I love that. Um, This is a fun question. Um, What's a holy nope of street preaching? If you had to make one, what would it be?
0: Um, I, I, you know, I, I would nope anyone who goes out with, um, either, a, you know, a Pelagian theology or, uh, or who goes out just to condemn people. I yeah. would, uh, I used to, when I was down in Georgia, would frequent the Georgia State University. And, uh, one time we showed up there and a popular YouTube street preacher, got there for us and was, was preaching, and because of the um, offensive nature of his, his, his uh, proclamation, he had drawn quite a crowd, um, because when you have a sign that says turn or burn, and just a list of insults on it, you know, and you're just calling people's name, people, people names and telling them to stop sinning, um, they're going to be offended. But they're not offended for the right reason. They're they're offended yeah. because you're being a jerk. <laughs> they're not offended <laughs> yeah. because of the cross. Um, and so yeah. so that kind of preaching is absolutely a holy no. And we didn't end up preaching that day uh, because we didn't.
1: Want yeah. To,
0: to be associated with that guy. Uh, yeah. So so yeah, I I would definitely note that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, you're like the gospel already calls people sinners there's no reason for you to be a jerk at the same time yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah man that's those are some good notes. that's for sure um message wise do you do you have the same message each time or is that something that you pray about how do you work through that
0: well you know um essentially the message is is the same right we're, we're preaching the gospel. You know, we're, we're preaching First Corinthians 15, right? Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Was raised uh, according to the mm-hmm. scriptures. Um, we we we, you know, we we try to practice expository preaching even in the open air where we're preaching texts, um, and then also depending on the, depending on the occasion, the venue. You know, you're going to tailor your message. You know, if we're outside of an abortion mill, our message is going to be different mm-hmm. than than a pride parade or you know. You know, our local Kroger, you know, uh, I preach yeah. a lot different at a pride parade downtown or at a drag queen show or something like that than I am to mm-hmm. the, my, my local community at the Kroger. At the Kroger, you know, I'm yeah. super gentle and impatient, um, yeah. but when there's evil going on, evil being celebrated in the streets, the open-air preachers have yeah. a, a more um, urgent uh, tone and the more uh, cutting uh, message uh, that he's, that he's bringing. So it varies. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When you say um, urgent and cutting, what, what would you give? Can you give me an example of what that would look like?
0: Yeah. So, you know, I I think it involves the specific uh, address of certain evils. And so, you know,
1: yeah, whether that's an abortion clinic or like a pride parade, right. different urgency.
0: Than- right, and so, so let's let's take an abortion mill as as an example. There there are some believers who would who would tell us, and I've been told this many times, that you shouldn't use the word murder when you're talking to to women who are going in there to murder their children, um, because because yeah. it's just too strong of a word, or, or because maybe they don't think it's murder. So you shouldn't. Well, the problem is that murder is a law word. Murder is a biblical word, and, and so to 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 compromise on the reality of what's taking place in order to appeal um, to the sensibilities not only of other Christians but the unconverted, God-hating sinner who's doing this wicked evil um, is something that simply uh, can't be done. And so, so the, the the message is going to be cutting and urgent, especially in that in that sense by using the language that is uncomfortable yeah.
1: because it is so time sensitive because where they're right. headed of, is that of course yeah.
0: urgency in, in context yeah. is going to be you know, it's yeah
1: so you're saying there. like for the for the love of that baby and the mother mm-hmm. i'm going to use sharper language to grab their attention at a chance that may like on a chance and a hope and a prayer that that they will feel convicted and keep the baby, keep that baby from being murdered, as you would say.
0: Right? And that doesn't mean that we don't preach grace also in these in these settings. Yeah. but but the law prepares us for for Christ. The law convicts us of and it shows us our need. It prepares hearts yeah. yeah. to apprehend the mercy of God in Christ. And um, yeah. we don't we don't want to confuse the law with gospel, uh, but there is there is a place for the preaching of the law.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I kind of have a, I have a question of, it's more going to be more of a, I guess, broad question is, why do you think people have a hard time with really, uh, I want to say this right, Uh, people typically um, that I've seen have a really tough time uh, hearing absolutes nowadays. And why do you think that is?
0: Well, um, I think that people are more affected than they realize by pragmatism, by the concept of, you know, what you might call winsomeness. Um, and, and I think people are convinced that you ha- you kill with kindness, right? That's a saying, isn't it? You know, pe- people, people, put, you know these colorful "be kind" signs in their front yards, and base their whole their whole standing before God <laughs> on uh, on mm. the kindness that they think exists within their own with their own hearts, and so the the, the church has become much like the world in this way. Um, if if you are calling out sin, you're not being loving Christians. Uh, believe this. And so I think that the people who oppose, in my experience, the people who oppose us the most um, when, uh, you know, they hear us talking about sin or mentioning hell um, or even not mentioning those things, but we are opposed most often by professing Christians, um, mm. which I, you know, I think is one of the hardest things. About being an open air preacher, is that people who profess Christ, who profess to be your own brothers and sisters, will come and say, you know, you're you're, you shouldn't be doing this. You're doing it wrong. And so the professing Christian, um, wow. quote unquote, concern for the effectiveness of the open air mes- method because that that's always the concern. Like, well, is street preaching really effective? Does it, does it actually yeah. work? Um, and, and how the effectiveness is perceived by the unregenerate audiences is most often just a, a thin masquerade um, for a sinful fear of man and a mm-hmm. unbelief in the scriptures. Do, do you believe the word of God or don't you? Do, you? do you fear God or do you fear man? When you fear man, you're going mm-hmm. to be afraid to offend man. Um, if mm-hmm. we fear God... Um then uh we're willing to we're willing to offend men for men's sake.
1: Yeah, oh man. I feel like that that whole portion there could be a conversation within itself, but yeah, that's that's super good and I s- spot on it's it's interesting because I was asking my wife uh, prior to this conversation what her thoughts were um, and she did um, she did a missions trip when she was like 19 she was in Thailand and they did open air preaching there as well and she has nothing but like just wild stories of people responding to the gospel and how beautiful it can be and it's kind of this this conversation of like street preaching or open air preaching reminds me of a little bit of what we were talking about prior to even recording where it's like where i say like I would wave the Pentecostal flag because I refuse to give it to the people that your account makes fun of a lot, mm-hmm. right? I refuse to let let them have that flag. And like what it feels like for you and like talking with you is like, you refused, even the start of how you got into this is you refused to see people do this poorly and let them have the entire sin what street preaching is like. So you came and said, no, I'm going to stick true to what I think it should look like and not let them win. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I hear you. But and praise God he, he's Yes. Uh, he's raising up more more street preachers. Um there's definitely more preachers on corners than uh, there were ten years ago uh, when I started. Yeah. So
1: Yeah, that's cool. That's fun. Um so just a couple kinda of to, to finish this out. There's a few uh questions that that some of my um broadcast people wanted to ask you. The first is like, who do you look up to pastorally?
0: Well, I, I, I look up to my, my fellow pastors at my church. Primarily I'm one of six pastors. Hmm. Um, people sometimes hear six pastors and think we have a very large church. We don't, um, but we have, uh, six pastors and, uh, I look up to the, the other, those other five men as, uh, Men of whom this world is not worthy, um, who I, who I esteem, esteem highly. Um, so that that's what I would say. And, and I think, I think it, it should be standard um, for people um, not to look up to internet preachers first, over and above their own local church pastors.
1: Yeah. Amen. Yes. Yeah. That's and. I love that answer so much because I think maybe they're saying like, "Well, is he like a big John MacArthur fan? Is that who he looks up to? This, that, or the other?" But uh, I love that it's who you look up to pastorally. To to pastorally means relationally, mm-hmm. and a lot of people on the internet, like even our accounts, they may find our content intriguing, but there is no pastoring happening. <laughs> you know, right. they're in the sense of knowing one another and walking through life with one another and helping uh, be formed into the image of Christ. Like there's none of that happening through an office meme account. That's not going to (laughs) happen. I can give you good thoughts to think about, but I pray that you take those thoughts to your um, pastor and the people in your life that are discipling you. Um, Who are some uh, street preachers uh, that you've seen do it well?
0: It's a good question. Um, there are a couple of men that I really enjoy preaching with, that I really enjoy listening to. Um, one is, um, David Day. David Day, uh, he's got an account here on Instagram. He's a, uh, we've labored together on several occasions. We went to London together last year and preached in London. We preached at the Super Bowl together. And, uh, you know, no one knows his name, you know, he's not like some, some famous guy or anything like that. But, uh, to me, he's, he's, he's one who I have learned a lot from in terms of just the the mm-hmm. genuineness and the gentleness and the zeal, um, that I see him, uh, exemplify in his pleading with the lost and his faithfulness to, to engage in the work. Yeah. Um, so And then on another end of of the spectrum is is a man named uh, Daniel Stephen Kearney, who I've I've had the pleasure of laboring with on a number of occasions, who is a missionary in Nepal, who's labored much in New York, um, who is uh, a fiery, loud, um, faithful uh, preacher who gets into a lot of trouble, um, and uh, he definitely... (laughs) An example to the flock on on the other end of the, of the spectrum in terms of how to, um, you know, be a godly troublemaker for the glory of God.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard those names because uh, when I brought this topic up, a handful of people uh, sent me their YouTube videos or different videos of them to watch. Okay. Um, yeah, specifically the first one. I haven't heard the second one very much. Um, but Daniel Day is the first guy, yeah, right? Yeah, David Day. Yeah. David Day, yeah. So, th- yeah, someone sent me that a uh, couple of their videos, his videos. And awesome, so, that's cool. Yeah, go follow um,
0: David Day if you're if you're okay. watching this. Support him.
1: Okay, perfect. <laughs> uh, all right, so to to end this conversation, uh, we would love to hear some holy yeps. What are some holy yeps in your life? Um, I love the one you did the other day of your of your two-year-old saying, Dad, I just prayed for you. That's a holy yep. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, but what are some holy yeps that you have in your life? Some holy yeps
0: they have in my life. Uh, well, I, I, I think that one is a, is a big one. I, I think um, leading leading a, a family uh, you know, uh, to Christ uh, and the ways of Christ um, training children to, um, to, to love God's word, uh, to understand the scriptures, uh, catechizing them. You know that that's another holy yep there. Um, I mean, yeah, it was so precious when my two-year-old I opened the door. He said, "You know, Papa, I just just prayed for you." Like that that's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Hearing them recite their catechism questions. You know, who made you? God made me what else did god make god made all things you know and just and just um going through that you know um so raising them in the fear of the lord is a, a holy yep that we as fathers can experience on a daily basis uh oh, yeah. you know i'm grateful for my my local church a holy yep every week is that you know preaching verse by verse through uh books of the bible that's a holy holy yep you know we we
1: Dude, that's that's how we do it too. I would ne- I'll never go back.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, just getting getting fed God's word faithfully, and never having to wonder is that is that really true? Is that actually God's mm. word teaches? Because they're just, just reading, explaining, and applying the word of God. Um, yep. So, yeah, family, local church, uh, the fellowship and hospitality yep. that takes place. Uh, within the body of our local church. Those are those are the holy yeps in my life.
1: Love it. Dude, well, that's great. Those are wonderful holy yeps and, and things that, that keep us going for sure. And so, yeah, well, I want to appreciate you for and, t- and thank you for taking your time out of your day to spend time on this podcast. And um, yeah, if you do not follow Austin on The Holy nope make sure you go do that. It is uh, quite the follow and you will not regret it. So make sure you head on over to do that. Um, and yeah. So thank you for tuning in to this episode of Office Theology Podcast.